Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, happy early Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeehaw. Tomorrow. All right, so immediate hot topic of the day. Favorite type of pie? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a pie person. Oh, how can you not be a pie person? I don't know. I, I do like pumpkin. If I had to choose one, it would be pumpkin, but I only like a small piece. Like, I don't know if it's too rich for me or what, but I'm just not like, I don't know. With or without whipped cream topping? Oh, with whipped cream, for okay. sure. Okay, good, good. We can still be friends. <laughs> um, last Saturday night after I got off work, uh, there is a, it's it's called, a restaurant called Sherry's. It's like the Northwest version of Denny's, but we have Denny's too. But most of these shares are open 24 hours a day, and they have... Like, pie is one of the things they're made for. And so we have one that's right across the street from the bar where I work Thursday through Saturday. So it's very convenient when we get off at 1.30 in the morning to go hang out at a restaurant a little bit longer because we're not ready to go home. So right. I met up with some friends and ordered a giant piece of pumpkin pie. And I told the server, who I know really well, I was like, just, you know, extra whipped cream. She brought me the entire can of whipped cream. <laughs> that's spoiled right there. Oh, it was awesome. It was that's awesome, amazing. and it made my day. So, um, but yeah, okay, good. So pumpkin pie, that's good. Um, turkey, yes or no? Uh, yes. Okay. Over ham for sure. Okay, ham on Christmas or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know people are, you know, some people are different. Some people like, you know, uh, a roast or duck or goose. But hey, you know, I think turkey is exclusively for Thanksgiving. Um, I agree. So we'll we'll stick to that. But uh, and do you eat your black eyed peas on New Year's Eve? No. Yeah, you're supposed to eat seven. I did not know that. Yeah, for good luck. How have Maybe I? Maybe it's a southern thing, but black eyed peas, seven of them. Yeah, I've never had black eyed peas. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're kind of like they're kind of like good, like like pinto beans or like great northern beans. Okay. Like that's kind of what they are, and they're they're mostly white, and then they just have this little dimple that's got a little black spot. And that's why they're called black eyed peas. Ah, and yeah. So okay. I've supposed seen, to have seven. I've seen them. I've never had them though. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. Maybe I'll have to try them out this year. Yeah. Maybe you'll have good luck in 2020. Oh, one also, hope. side note, can we just talk about how many LASIK places are going to be banking on that it's the year 2020? Right. I'm already sick of the, the commercials now. <laughs> and they haven't even happened yet. <laughs> LASIK, glasses, anything to do with eyesight. Yeah. Oh my God. It's going to be beat to death for 12 months. So oh, here it, we go. It will be beat to death by the time we get to February 1st. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Give it one month and then at that point we're done. Um, but speaking of things being done, Bonnie, we are three days away from the end of the tropic season and uh, it has come and gone. But man, what an incredible tropical season we had. Super incredible. And of course, I think Dorian's the big one out of all of it. But I think the fact that we got so far through the list, and I think we even had one or two still pop up here in the last week or so, like it's hanging on, it's going, it's not letting go. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with the season. It 
took a second to get going, but when it when it got going, it's been hard to stop it. It did, and yesterday the National Hurricane Center and NOAA released their end-of-season wrap-up a couple days early just because there's not a whole lot going on. Season produced 18 named storms, including six hurricanes, of which three were major, Category 3 through 5. NOAA's outlook called for 10 to 17 named storms, five to nine hurricanes, and two to four major hurricanes, and accurately predicted the overall activity of the season. Now, yes. Props to NOAA. Props to National Hurricane Center. My only, yes. my only sub little, you know, argument with this is they issue multiple outlooks. Okay. Yeah. I get it. And so th- th- that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick them out. They did a great job this year, and like you said, it was, you know, it was, it finally got busy. You know, the release goes on to say this year marks the fourth consecutive above normal Atlantic hurricane season, the only other period on record that produced. For consecutive above normal seasons was 98 to 2001. Also this year, five tropical cyclones formed in the Gulf of Mexico, which ties the record with 2003 and 1957 for the most to form in that region. Of those, three made landfall with Barry, Imelda, and Nestor. Wow. So, you know, like I said, we got all the way through Sebastian, so poor Tanya, Van, and Wendy will be left out. Um, We will see you guys in seven years when the list recycles. So yep. hopefully we will get to that point. And I know we talked a couple of weeks ago, but they aren't retiring Dorian or they haven't decided. Yet? They haven't decided yet. Most likely it will be. Um, that's just my gut feeling. Um, yeah. And it goes on to talk about that. It says three major hurricanes this season were Dorian, Umberto and Lorenzo. Of course, Hurricane Dorian is tied with three other hurricanes, the 1935 Labor Day hurricane and 1988 Hurricane Gilbert and 2005's Hurricane Wilma as the second strongest hurricane on record in the Atlantic Basin in terms of wind speed at 185 miles an hour. In all, four storms made landfall in the U.S. during the 19, or 2019 season. Barry, Dorian, Imelda, and Nestor. Let me go back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Barry... Or, um, Dorian was the only one that made landfall, I believe, on the East Coast seaboard. Everything else was in the Gulf. So, yeah, it was one of those seasons where we had a lot of action off the East Coast, but either stuff, you know, ramped out to sea or just kind of, you know, missed us. And said the season's activity ramped up in mid-August during the normal peak of the season, as we predicted. It says Gary Bell, Ph.D., lead seasonal hurricane forecaster at NOAA's Climate Prediction Center. The above normal activity is consistent with the ongoing high activity era, driven largely by the Atlantic multi-decadal oscillation, which entered a warm phase in 1995. Conditions that favored more stronger and longer lasting storms that included... Uh, a stronger West African monsoon season, warmer Atlantic waters, and weak vertical wind shear across the Western Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico. On average, we see 12 named storms, 6 hurricanes, and 3 major hurricanes. So, there we go. Can't wait. Man. Yeah, I know. So, now that, we we're done, now that we're done with the tropics, we can shift back to the continental United States. And what a week it's been. What a yes. you know what a nice forty eight hour period going back. We're taping the show Wednesday morning and Wednesday early afternoon. Um, Bonnie, we didn't have just one bomb cyclone; we had two. Yes, yes, we did, and that was pretty impressive. And we felt it here for sure. Right, uh, you guys got in the action with the first one, which formed over Colorado um, and has made its way across the plains and then up into Minnesota, affecting Minneapolis. Um, and Twin Falls, and uh, will affect the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. But Bonnie, it's the same track that we saw that last major bomb cyclone take that formed 
over the continental United States. And I want to say it was earlier this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was earlier this year. And you know, I, I just think that it's crazy. And I'm telling you, we felt it here and the winds were insane. I mean, insane wildfires popped up everywhere because of that. And it's pretty incredible. And then for y'all to have one too, just a very active week, just from that alone. Right. As Bonnie mentioned, yeah, we dealt with one out here uh, in the Pacific Northwest. We had been under this deep trough of cold air that had kind of settled in and we were, you know, kind of waiting for a storm to form and, you know, models, gosh, four or five days ago came into pretty good agreement a long ways out saying, hey, we have the potential for a pretty nasty storm to form. And we were just kind of waiting for this to get going. And over the last 24 hours, man, this thing ramped up to you could barely see a little notch in, you know, water vapor imagery as it came over the top of the ridge and started to dig down into the trough. But Bonnie, this thing had a 40 millibar drop in less than 24 hours, going from basically 10, 10 millibars down to 970 in the span of, like I said, just about 24 hours. But man, this thing on satellite was absolutely beautiful. That is incredible. That kind of drop is just nuts. And so what, what happened? What did you guys get from that? So um, down south in southern Oregon, northern California, where it came ashore, um, they closed down I-5 because of snow conditions going over the Siskiyou Summit. So, And they backed up traffic for 30 miles each way. Uh, wow. Cars were stranded until just about 9 a.m. this morning when they finally were able to get through and plow and get I-5 open and going. So if you look at traffic camps up and down I-5, Man, it was just, it was pretty intense. And cars were stuck for, you know, hours. Some people stuck uh, in the same spot or were able to move less than a mile for the better part of 12 hours. Wow. Which is, you know, pretty insane considering the fact that, you know, you're coming out of a somewhat major metropolitan area in the Grants Pass Medford area in southern Oregon, which are two very distinct valley towns. We're completely surrounded by mountains and you know, they experience a lot of traffic. It's it's the I-5 corridor between California and Oregon. Everybody that travels this way has to take either I-5 or Route 97. 97 was closed down in weed all the way through the Oregon border. So, again, another 30-mile stre- 30 stretch of freeway closed. Um, blizzard conditions on the west side of the Cascades, which are extremely rare. So, winds gusting to 50 miles an hour with heavy snow. Um, Central Oregon had impacts where zero visibility from basically Bend all the way down through Lapine along also Highway 97. Um, Cascades got a couple inches of snow finally. Uh, up here in the, uh, in the Portland area, we had the outflow from the east wind with a gorge. Um, with a 970 millibar low, you know, 300 miles away, it's still pulling air. Uh, to kind of come in and fill that void in that vacuum. And so we ramped up from basically having no wind to winds gusting 30 to 40 miles an hour in the metro area uh, last night uh, around 8 o'clock, which was pretty intense to see. But, um, man, this thing bombed out. And, you know, southern Oregon saw winds up to 100 miles an hour. Um, the highest wind gust that I saw was 106 miles an hour at Cape Blanco, which is right on the Oregon coast. Um, 69 miles an hour in Crescent City. California, which is just uh, below the Oregon border, uh, set this will set a new record um, in terms of low pressure set for the state of California, lowest pressure in Oregon 
topped out, I think, at 974 millibars, or bottom out 974. Low pressure record set for Medford at 981 and Eureka, California, 984. Wow. Um, and, I mean, seas up to 34 feet. <laughs> this thing ex- literally exploded, and to have that such a pressure drop, um, there was a hurricane wind warning posted for the Oregon coast. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, it I was, bet that is something that never happens. It, that kind of warning for it, the Oregon coast. It's extremely rare. I mean, I've seen it maybe three or four times with wow. like a really strong co- uh, coastal gale. But man, this thing was just—I mean, if you're sustained winds at 85 miles an hour on the coast, yeah. that thing's blowing big. Yeah, that's a borderline yeah. Cat Two hurricane. See, and we didn't get winds like that around here. We were definitely gusting. Uh, no, no, no. Sustained 40 to 50 for right. a good part of the day, gusting to 60, 65, which, I mean, that's still pretty oh, yeah. pretty strong, but not anywhere near, you know, sustained at 85, gusts at 109 or 107, whatever you said. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I couldn't even, I mean, <laughs> that is just crazy. I don't even know how y'all dealt with that. Yeah, I mean, and there are videos, I'm sure if you go on Twitter and you'll see, and I think we retweeted on, on our uh Twitter page at Weather Podcast, uh, an Ace Hardware store that backed up to the Crescent City, California Police Department. Their roof blew off. Wow. And threw all of the debris, like, right at the police station. So there's great <laughs> video of somebody inside watching, like, the neighbor's roof being blown off. Um Jeez. And it was, just, it was just totally crazy. One of those things that you just kind of don't see. And so this low came in, um, and it has stalled out now. It's other. It's over south-central Oregon. Uh, wraparound snow showers, still like winter weather advisories up and down the Cascades. Uh, enough snow got dumped in the northern Oregon Cascades that we went from basically not having a ski season to the resorts now talking about opening this weekend for a preview with the hopes that they get more snow coming. And, you know, we'll get to the forecast in a little bit, but uh, it looks like they're going to be adding to that base. So we've gone from having no ski season to, hey, you know what, all is not lost. Right. See, and it's crazy how it just flips overnight, but oh yeah, now all it takes that, is one storm. So yeah, um, the total, like we said, the pressure dropout was at 970 millibars, and wow. you know the weather prediction center, the National Weather Service Weather Prediction Center, back in Maryland, tweeted out this graphic, and we've retweeted on the weather, weather podcast page, but it was saying that you know. Everything here bottoms out at 970. And so somebody asked the question, how did you determine that? You know, and they're going, well, it's based on a buoy. So here's what they're saying. 973 millibar pressure with 25 knot slash 30 mile an hour winds were observed from buoy 46027 at 7 p.m. Pacific. You reduce central pressure by one millibar per 10 knots of wind. Conservative rule of thumb. Could have been oh. 970 or 971, but as the storm had been strengthening quickly, we went with the lower value. So I didn't realize that you can determine pressure based on wind speed. Yeah, I didn't either, but I mean, it makes sense because that's sure. what's moving the, the air particles, and so that could definitely lower the pressure. And, wow. Yeah, so basically one one millibar of pressure equates to 10 knots of wind. So, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. So 970 is what they're officially calling it, uh, the strength. And like I said, the satellite pictures are beautiful. Uh, I will 
tweet out right now, actually. Um, I'll do it on mine, and then I'll retweet it. But um, I took a video last night from uh, the College of DuPont or DuPage. They have their Next Rad and their satellite uh, school set up where you can like download images and videos and stuff. And I had to take one of the water vapor shots last night because it was just so freaking impressive. But man, we don't talk about our love for weather. We totally saw it this week with this and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, it's not over. This is a very crazy active week. And, um, you know, with our winds and stuff, it was so weird to have, um, smoke and stuff in the air yesterday dust but it was also kind of like misting and sprinkling at the same time and so it was just super interesting and all the leaves were blowing and they're all dried up and there were leaves everywhere i mean roads were covered i don't know i like it when it's windy like that because i think that it's super super fascinating to just see everything blown around like that but i mean the winds were crazy people were getting blown all over the road there was wrecks everywhere i i'm impressed I i'm too. impressed i'm too uh apparently the uh, file i have is too big so i'll have to find a way to condense that but mm-hmm. man all i'm gonna say is you know for a major storm to affect the western u.s like this did and it was really funny watching the media coverage and listening to, you know, various reports. Oh, it's all about California. Oh, it's all about California, 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 California. Now, listen, I understand 90 percent of the population that lives in California is between San Francisco and Los Angeles. They got some breezy conditions. OK, and some rain. Ninety percent of the Oregon population is between Eugene and Portland which was breezy conditions, and we got some rain. The storm affected a relatively remote area of both Northern California and Southern Oregon. Still a lot of impacts, but man, if you had listened or watched anything, it was, oh my gosh, L.A. is going to get slammed by a megastorm. And I just want to sit there and just bounce my head against the wall, being like, do you people even really pay attention? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, just because it's not directly affecting a major city doesn't mean it's not affecting people and doesn't make it any less historic like you know and so it's just that shouldn't be the defining factor and that shouldn't be where the focus remains like everyone's area is important everyone's city is important everyone's life and home is important doesn't matter if you're in a big city or not and i think that's just silly that that's where the focus goes especially if it's not even really the main center of action, you know, it's true. Um, one of my friends who is a big weather geek, he lives out on the Oregon coast. He lives in a town called Tillamook, which is about 150 to 200 miles North of where the storm came in. And literally he's like, well, I don't care about it now. So I'm going to pay attention to, you know, the forecast this weekend. And I'm like, dude, you're missing out on a storm that is going to be historic and record setting and a storm that people are going to talk about for years to come. Yeah. Because the track was not normal. The strengthening was not normal. You know, this, you know, low pressures, whatever you want to talk about, the storm was different. He's like, well, it doesn't affect me, so I'm going to focus on this weekend. And I'm just like, why? And I, and I hate to say that there are a lot of people that do that in the weather community. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. affect me, so I'm going to find something that will. Yeah. And that is so crazy. Like, 
Because like you just said, you're missing out on stuff. And that's why like I follow a lot of weather-related pages from around the world and stuff because right. it's cool to see what's going on. And just because it's not happening to you does not make it any less fascinating. And that should not be why you care is because it's affecting you. Because that's not a good mentality to have. No, in not. any aspect. <laughs> um, one of my one of my best friends programs a country radio station down in Medford, an area affected by this. And so she mm-hmm. and I were sending, you know, back text back and forth. And, you know, she's pretty weather savvy for the most part. But her and her morning show partner were like, hey, let's post something on Facebook on a scale of one to ten. How bad do you think this is going to be? And just reading through the comments about people, oh, weather people are never right. I never believe them when they say anything. Blah, 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 blah. They're just guessing. I just literally wanted to reach through the computer and smack all of them. Yeah, seriously. I uh, I don't know. It's weird how people don't really understand what the word predict means and that that's not really, you know what I mean? Like they just expect it to be like weather wizards or something. And it's like, things are variable. Just like you can't predict anything else. You can't predict the, the way a medical treatment's going to work. You can't predict, you know, it's an, so it's just, there's no satisfying anybody. So it's kind of like, you just got to ignore them. Meteorology is an imperfect science. Yeah. And once you understand that, then you understand that, you know, we're not going to get every forecast, right? We're trying. And our forecasts have gotten a lot better over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But But imagine with stuff like blizzards and severe weather and ice and stuff, if there was zero heads up whatsoever and you're just going about your day and then an EF5 comes blowing through town, you know, like, oh yeah, I mean, so think about that kind of thing. Like just because the strength is not exactly as predicted or the location is not exactly as predicted, at least you knew something was coming. Right. And it's, you know, one of the forecast discussions from the National Weather Service up here in Portland. I mean, you pull up in their their homepage and yeah, it's talking a little bit about the storm, but, you know, it's talking about, okay, we're in this colder pattern now. We've had the low come through, cold air offshore, cold air entrenched over us. Um, You know, we'll be lucky to get into the mid 40s today. And they talk about, okay, well, let's talk about the possibility of weekend snow. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go read the forecast discussion, see what they're really thinking. Well, they go back and they talk about, okay, hey, when you look at the snowfall amounts from yesterday, they weren't as high as we thought. Here's why. They actually took the time in their forecast discussion to tell you why we didn't get three feet of snow in the Cascades and why we only got two feet of snow or why we only got six inches when they were calling for 12. So at least they're willing to do that. But nobody's going to see that unless you go looking for it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of those things where it takes one tiny thing to be off the original forecast and that changes the whole forecast. So they could have 99% of the ingredients correct yep. and one of them is not correct and that will throw the whole thing completely off. And so people just don't understand that. And they, you know, I'm really sick of the, I wish I could get paid to be wrong all the time comment because I'm going to go to jail for assault because I'm just over it. Well, we should just sell t-shirts. Uh, right we really should that way they can express it but they're giving us money to express it so it's the best of both worlds exactly (laughs) um so my low becomes your problem in two days with a possibility of severe weather yes and that is just like the icing on top of all this because you know like we said yesterday wind dry fire weather Today, cold. This evening, rain. Tomorrow, cold rain. Northwest Oklahoma, it looks like, is going to get, they've got a pretty good chance of some sort of winter precipitation. And then 
Friday, we have a decent chance of severe weather risk. So just like wrap your mind around that and all of that that's happening in a four day window. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, this is why I like Oklahoma. This right here. Because right. it is just, you're always on your toes, always. Well, it's like we saw that one thing last year, and I want to say James Spann tweeted it out. Um, it went from eastern Oklahoma through the state of Missouri, the span of what, 145 miles. We had the entire like range of every possible warning. We had heavy snow, blizzard, freezing rain, flooding, severe thunderstorms, tornadoes, and one or two others just packed within this 145 mile like stretch. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm telling you that this part of the country is like prime for that type of thing oh, yeah. because this is kind of like the center where all the different air masses mush together and then you get that like rainbow effect of weather. <laughs> watches and warnings. Yes, yes, watches and warnings, exactly. It, yeah, we call it we call it a Christmas tree when you have everything lit up on your screen. <laughs> When you have to really look for state lines because there's oh, just yeah. warnings and watches everywhere. Oh, yeah. Broad brush. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just drop the paint on it. Eh, that works. There you go. That's what's happening in the country right now. Bam. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, so you guys will get the, the severe weather this weekend, and then that you know will cause more issues as we get on the return travel stuff Saturday and Sunday for people trying to fly out. Um the first bomb cyclone totally devastated Denver International Airport, closed for several hours, stranded several thousands of passengers. Hopefully they've all made it home or made it to where their destination is. But, Bonnie, it wouldn't be, you know, Thanksgiving in the U.S. without some major travel headaches. Um, for sure. And I, I want to point out, and this is coming from somebody who worked for Southwest Airlines call center for several years. Um, so you could just imagine the... Oh, yeah. Anger that she dealt with on a daily. So the deal is planes aren't designated to one state or one part of the country. So your plane that you're waiting for in Alabama, for example, could be coming from Washington or Colorado or something. So if it's delayed there, that's why you're getting delayed halfway across the country. So people don't understand that weather delay in one part can delay other flights in other parts. So... It's a whole like maze and labyrinth of airplanes and paths and what planes are going to what state. So just keep that in mind when you're getting delayed and it's bright and sunny outside that maybe where your plane is located currently, it's not bright and sunny. Right. And please correct me if I'm wrong. And I know Southwest does things a little bit differently and we love Southwest, by the way. Um, right. You guys only have X amount of like backup planes available. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be at your specific airport. You know, and I, I don't know, but the way I understand it is there's not really backup planes. Like, that's not really a thing. Right. And and if it is, it might be like one or two. But planes are not like renting a car when you need one. It's, it's you know, you can't just start her up and load the people on and let's go. Like, it's just a whole thing. So, that's what people don't understand is that flight is not like carpooling and right. and renting a car. So it's just, it's a different process. And again, if your plane is delayed in a place that's got weather problems and you don't have weather problems, you could still be affected. So. Yeah. And chances are you will be. So you got to hold tight. Yep. And not yell at your 
airline people. Right. By the way, that's the quickest way to get somebody to be pissed off at you. Yell at a ticket representative or a counter rep or somebody that's there trying to help you. By the way, I'll give you another travel secret. If you know what type of airplane you're flying on ahead of time, you can go to a place like Boeing or Airbus, but I love Boeing. It's just I always have. You can buy stuff. Get them to flight attendants. You'll get free drinks. Just FYI. Wow. Oh, there you go. Boom. So, every time I travel and I know I'm going to be on a Boeing 737, I'll give the stewardess, those flight attendants, um, the 737 tail pins. Oh, thank you. Here you go. Here's a bunch of free drink coupons. Thank you. Wow. All yes. right. There you go. There you go. There's so, your travel tip of the day. Don't get mad. Go get a little gift. Exactly. Bam. Yep. And trust me, they will take care of, care of you. Hey, we have an upgraded seat available in first class. Would you like this, sir? Yes, I'd love that. Thank you. See? See? You catch more flies with sugar. Right. Or with honey or whatever the phrase is. Right. To love the people in on our pre-show conversation, catch miles, not feelings. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, Bonnie, forecast-wise, what do you guys got coming up for Oklahoma? Uh, so, cold today, partly cloudy, rainy tonight, cold and rainy tomorrow. Like, I'm talking decent 90% chances. So, we're going to be pretty wet. Um, and then we're cool the rest of the weekend. Um, 40s, 50s, but sunny. But that's where we're at right now. Well, I mean, not bad, right? No, no, I'm pretty good because we have a lot of years where we are actually getting an ice storm on Thanksgiving. That's happened more often than not. So I'm glad that that's not the case this year. So it was a little colder, it would be. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, out here in the Pacific Northwest, cold nights ahead um, is kind of the big storyline. Uh, we'll get down under freezing tonight, and then tomorrow night we'll really get down below freezing. Temperatures probably in the lower 20s. So, which for us is pretty downright cold. Uh, the National Weather Service has a headline. Please bring in your pets and farm animals. Yes. Anywhere that's cold. Yes. Please take, do that. Don't leave them. your babies outside. Exactly. Um, looking like partly cloudy and breezy tonight. Winds probably out of the east. Um, ramping as high up as 30 miles an hour. Uh, so, bringing in a lot of that cold continental dry air mass. Um, where is our current? Yeah, our dew point right now is at 26 degrees. Um, so it's a sub-freezing dew point, which means it's starting to get dry. Humidity is still 53%. Uh, that number will drop as that colder air gets in here. Uh, just sunny and cold as we go through. There is a slight chance of sh uh, snow. Yes, I said the S word. Um, <laughs> Saturday night, um, roughly snow level rising probably to around 1500 feet so just the top of the hills uh but it will look pretty and then there's a slight chance of freezing rain or rain uh sunday night uh mostly before 4 a.m so um yeah it's gonna be interesting let's just put it that way hey it sounds interesting but you said the s word and so you can't put the cat back in the bag so i can't but i also get to use ring my, the bell <laughs> yeah I, I also get to use my favorite uh weather winter term and that's warm tongue so uh, all of us are looking forward to seeing if the warm tongue does exist. <laughs> oh, it's inappropriate, but it's funny. It is inappropriate, but you know what? That's what happens. And that's hey, and that's not just my term. That is a National Weather Service term. That is a meteorological term. That is a term that we talk about frequently. Hey, when I was in school, we did some hand analysis and we were just you know, on this map with colored pencils, which is awesome. Temperature, 
dew points and things like that. And you could see in this part of the Southern Plains that it was particularly moist in kind of a curved hill pattern. And yes. my professor, who I will always remember that he said this, and I, I, as a college student, I was like, I don't even... I don't even know how to respond to this, but he said, look at that moisture tongue, look in the Southern Plains. And I just was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even know (laughs) what to say to that. So shout out to him. He knows who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Meteorology and imperfect science. Hey, and you got to make it fun when you can. That is so true. Uh, That is so true. Well, another great, episode of b squared your weekly weather podcast before we wrap it up again reminder uh stickers if you want one we have got a couple people request them uh we will send you a free one however once we get to the month of december we will be selling special edition stickers of b squared your weekly weather podcast uh and those will be available for a dollar so we will uh we'll let you know how to get your hands on those uh coming up in the next couple episodes Ooh, I'm excited for stickers. Me too. Me too. Uh, like I said, another great edition of the show. Bonnie, uh, I will talk with you here in just a couple days. Yes. Yeah, we'll be back again in just a few days with a Thanksgiving update. Yes, we will. And again, have a happy Thanksgiving from us to you guys. We appreciate you listening. We are thankful for you. Um, yes. We appreciate all your contributions. Without you guys, the show would be just Bonnie and I rambling. And as much as we love doing that, we love the interaction as well. Absolutely. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving and have fun in your turkey comas. All right. We will talk to you guys very soon. Bye.